1: This is MedTalk presented by HCA Midwest Health. I'm Jamie Monticelli with board-certified genetic counselor, Lena Levich, and we're talking about genetic counseling. Lena, can we start at the beginning? It seems like the words genetic counseling are pretty new to us, and maybe especially in the field of oncology. Can you share just some basic information about what it is
0: and maybe more importantly, what it's not? Sure. Um, I would just say that genetic counseling is a process Um, It's a conversation, really, whereby the genetic counselors try to learn more about a patient's personal and family history. We're trying to put together the pieces of the puzzle and understand perhaps a little bit better about what might be going on. We want to try to educate patients about um, any medical conditions that we think might be inherited in their family. And we also want to um, help the patients make informed decisions through that process.
1: So why would someone decide they actually need a genetic counselor?
0: Yeah, sure, so that's a great question. There's lots of reasons. Um, Specifically, what my group deals with is hereditary cancer. So about five to ten percent of any kind of cancer you can think of is inherited, and by that I mean that these families are passing along a single gene mutation, which is putting family members at risk for getting cancer. So sometimes there's family patterns of cancer or certain um, types of cancer running in families, and you know an individual might be concerned that they might be at risk for getting that cancer, or that um, they themselves may have a hereditary form of cancer and they might want to pursue additional testing.
1: Is there any occasion where someone would want or need genetic testing, um, because they got a suggestion from another doctor somewhere. Oh, sure.
0: So there's lots of red flags. For example, very young cancer, individuals who are affected under the age of 50, multiple family members with the same kind of cancers, certain kinds of combinations of cancers like colon cancer and uterine cancer, or breast and ovarian cancer running in families, or even pancreatic cancer, very unusual cancer. So they may absolutely, you know, have physicians suggest to them because of their family history or personal history that they considered doing genetic testing.
1: I think genetic counseling is still a term that a lot of people don't understand. It is complicated. It sounds very clinical and very, very medical. Can you talk us through the process? What does genetic counseling involve?
0: Um, Usually we ask patients to do a little homework. So to fill out some paperwork, ask some questions about their family history, who had cancer, what kind, about how old were they? Even those healthy individuals are important to know as well. And we, they bring that information to the session. We go through that. We draw what we call a pedigree. I know when we say that, people always smile, like you know, when they think about dogs, etc. But you know, they, we we do draw um, a pictorial pictogram of their family history to analyze that. We go through some risk assessment. We talk about um, the pros and cons of genetic testing, what a person can learn from that, and what the limitations of those testing could be, um, and. Also, the emotional aspect of all of that—what's involved? You know, how do people feel? What decisions might they make if they did the test and they found out they came back positive? Um, and the implications for their family members as well as
1: themselves. Let's talk more about those implications. Yeah. I think that's really important. About um, before when someone comes in, is there a conversation about—are you sure you want to know? And are you prepared to deal with what you're going to learn?
0: Yeah, I I do always bring that up, but I don't know if everyone who comes in gives that serious thought. I think that everyone who comes in in the back of their mind is pretty confident that they're going to test negative, that they're going to come back with, you know, what they consider to be good news, and that they'll never be that one in, you know, a thousand or one in 5,000 persons that comes back positive. There are some patients that absolutely decline doing this after they receive the information because they just don't want to know, Jamie. You know, they just feel like that is too much burden on their plate um, and that that information is not going to be powerful or helpful to them. And I respect that. Can you play out for me um, a scenario or
1: two about the information that someone might get from genetic counseling and what they could do with that information? You know, I find out I am positive for this gene. What do you do with that? Because I think there are some, um, for example, I know I have a history of heart disease in my family. Okay. If you were to find something out like that, um, can you change your lifestyle or the things that you can do to prevent you from getting the thing that you are genetically predisposed to get?
0: Um Yes, I think that there are things that you can do. So I, th- I think, you know, as Jack counselors, we like to think that what we're doing has some kind of role in changing the face of cancer and empowering patients to make decisions to perhaps prevent cancer, to lower the incidence of the cancer, because like you're saying, if you find out that you are at increased risk for breast cancer, for example, what kinds of things could you do? Well, you can do earlier screening. You can do it more often. You can change the screening modality. You can make better health choices. You perhaps wouldn't be a person that would go on hormone replacement therapy and take it for 20 or 30 years. you know. Um, and so there are things that you can do. There's also very... Um, you know, aggressive things like bilateral mastectomies and taking chemo prevention that can also reduce those risks. So you can absolutely utilize that information. You can do all those things, you know, quote, right and still get cancer. Um, but you are absolutely going to reduce the likelihood of that by taking an active role. I think the area of this that people are familiar with
1: or they're becoming a little bit more familiar with some of these ideas because we've had more of these direct consumer genetic oh, testing yes, kits.
0: Absolutely. Which a few
1: years ago we had never really heard of, at least just for you know, for you and me who aren't doctors. Right. Can you tell me about the difference between what you do or the mm-hmm. information that someone could get from a genetic counselor versus what they could get in one of these home kits?
0: Yeah, I, I think what we're looking for are really very different things. So, you know, in pretty simplistic terms, at least that's kind of how I think of things, um, when we do the genetic testing, what we're basically doing is taking the manuscript or our DNA and we are um, checking, proofreading every single letter in that manuscript looking for a mistake. Very comprehensive, very time-consuming, um, and, you know, we are looking at specific genes. Many of the um, direct-to-consumer test kits do provide genetic testing for um, different kinds of cancer or different genes, but in general, they are not reading the whole manuscript. Let's say they're reading every 10th page. Okay, um, And so they're getting little snips of the picture, but they're not getting the entire picture. And I think that that's the disservice to patients is that sometimes they don't understand that what they received was a very abbreviated addition of what they really need. And so they're falsely reassured if that test comes back negative that they're not at risk when in fact they looked at about a tenth of what they should have. Is
1: there any danger in the opposite, in a false positive that might lead you to get a procedure you don't need?
0: Oh, yes, and we know that that's been going on because there have been lots of articles in the news and, you know, individuals in this area that received positive test results, had very aggressive surgeries and things, and later on had testing redone at, you know, a different laboratory and found out, in fact, they did not carry that gene mutation. So you do, the consumer needs to be very conscientious and very aware, you know, of what they're doing and proceed, I think, with caution and be fully informed. I have
1: a big question, but because the area of genetic testing is fascinating, what's next in this area you know a few years ago we had never heard of these at-home kits and it's amazing the information that you can get now
0: mm-hmm. where is it
1: headed what's the next thing who you know the person who sees an opportunity here what are they looking at
0: oh i don't know that's a great question i wish that i i knew the answer because then i think all of us you know we would cash in we right. you know we would jump somebody's into, going to so, absolutely yeah. they're going to i think a lot of these DNA tests um, and the labs that are doing more comprehensive testing are going to go to direct to consumer. The prices are coming way down. Patients no longer have to go through insurance because the prices that the labs are offering is much more affordable. Um, and, you know, uh, big cardiology panels coming out for family histories of heart disease and different things like that. Um, so I think a lot more information is going to be available and the important Part of that is how to interpret that information. I think that's probably, you know, the most important part um, and piece that people who are interested in getting involved in. That's you know where the science is going. Thanks
1: to board-certified genetic counselor Lena Levich for joining us. This has been MedTalk, presented by HCA Midwest Health. I'm Jamie Manicelli. in is the audio platform with something for everyone.